in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guys, and I hope you're all having a fantastic week, and welcome to yet again another episode. This week, I'm very excited, as I always say, but I am genuinely excited because it's a good catch-up with a mate I haven't seen in a while, but um, I've got Tom here. He's a myotherapist, has been in the industry for almost as long as I have. I've known him for quite <laughs> yeah. some time. It's been a while um, now. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Adam. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's like first podcast we've ever done, so a little bit nervous, but we'll see how we go. You were saying that last week when I kind of came yeah. to you. It almost seemed like it came out of the blue and like, ah, what? It's funny because I thought in the past, geez, podcasts, people do listen to these. I probably should actually like do one or you know start a, doing it myself or whatever. But then you messaged me and I was like, gee, that's just really good timing. That's just go. really good timing. So no, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you hit me up. Cool, cool. Well, um. As I kind of alluded to on my Instagram page and story that I was talking to, that you're a myotherapist, and yep. so we'll obviously go into that and kind of what it is. And yep. um, I know you just said before you hate the question, "What is a myotherapist?" But <laughs> we get it I know that a lot because people always ask me, "What's an exercise physiologist?" Yeah, so of course. they always think we're glorified personal trainers. Yeah, people probably think that you're just a massage therapist. Correct. So um, we'll talk more about that. But um, as I always like to do, is kind of just tell us a bit of the storyline of. Who is Tom and who were you growing up and yeah. how did you kind of come into the industry and where you are now? Uh, probably in the last couple of years of school, I, um, I started to think I wanted to go down a bit of a, a sports path. Like, and that was looking more, more interested in kind of physio and helping people out. But I, at school, was not someone that was going to get into doing physio at university or anything like that. So I needed to look at it. At an alternative path to kind of get into that like I love footy so much that I just I wanted to work at a football club <laughs> my you know I never had I never really had solid dreams of playing football because it's just it's so unrealistic sometimes um, but I loved it so I wanted to be involved in, in a different aspect of it and that was the sports science side of it I guess and um, so I found uh, a university over in um, Fitzroy called Southern Schools of Natural Therapies and they offered a course called myotherapy and I had no idea what it was, like none. Um, I had a friend at the time that was doing Chinese med there and he said, there is a course that it kind of sounds like something you'd like. So I was like, oh look, I'll have a, have a geese and, and see what it was. And it literally sounded like everything I wanted to do, which was, you know, a hands-on treatment protocol uh, with assessment, you know, based um, kind of findings where you're working with people in a really hands-on situation. So, you know, people were coming to you with problems and you, do your best to try and fix them. Yeah. So I wanted to take that to, um, you know, I was sport, 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 sport. And I got luckily, luckily enough, my physio at the time, who was down in South Melbourne, um, Craig Christie, champion. And he let me through uni do all my work experience at the Carlton Footy Club. And that was amazing because not only was it just cool to work with players, but the education I got from him, the three other physios that were there and the doctor was like, I couldn't put a price on that. Like, it, it's, it, it smashed uni out of the blocks, like, in regards to, like, what I learnt there versus what I was learning at uni. Uni obviously gives you the foundations to, to learn, but 
this was incredible because it was it was you know 30 to 40 hours a week of just um experience like and they would i literally was standing next to them and, and putting hands on bodies whilst they were they're doing the same thing so i started there um and then actually funnily enough i think i started doing cashies for you guys at true health through yep. uni so it was like yourself jim um and, and tori as well like you were so active um and you, you needed work like you needed work done so i think we used to do that for a bit and then at the end of uni, well, I... You got brutal hands. Yeah, and I got... I don't think I, I, I came for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't come as often as the others yeah. did. Um, <laughs> no, you had very uh, very um, sensitive calves. Yes. I, I do remember that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we were just speaking about this but off air, of just how much of a girl's blouse I am when it comes to pain. pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's funny you've gone to that part and it's like, that takes me back. And I remember yeah. like, I am never coming to you again because yeah. I just need someone just to fluff gently me. touch me. Yeah, yeah. Just fluff yeah. me around. But you're happy to refer. You're happy to send yeah. people to me because then, yeah, finished uni, got a job at the Blues and then I was basically working kind of part-time with you um, and you were trying to send me rehab, rehab clients. And we had a couple of really long-term clients out of that, which were awesome. And... Uh, that probably got working with you in that regard definitely moved my um, thought process along that rehab um, and managing clients in a myotherapy and rehabilitative phase um, and how important movement is. And you'd know yourself, like movement is health like, and medicine. Yep. So yeah, so yeah, a couple of years after uni, I found myself, I was working at the Blues, I was doing work with you, working for myself, but I felt very like sheltered away from the general public because I was generally dealing with people that were exercising that type of thing. And whilst that was fun, it's really tiring. So like when I was at Carlton, it was great for a couple of years, but like they smashed me because it was just so full on. And I I was so young that I was just getting um, all the work. So like everyone else was diagnosing and, and, and rehabbing, but everyone was giving me all the hands on. So I'd be there for, you know, two or three hours a day and that might be seeing, in those two or three hours, seeing 30 blokes. Oh, and so you're just like, so like, you know, in a, in a normal treatment, there's an ebb and flow of intensity. Yeah. Whereas, um, and conversation and history taking and all that type of stuff. Whereas when you've got 15 minutes to treat a body and then the next person's ready, like it's two hours and it's just frantic. So you, you, you end up that and it's it's like you've worked three days and in a row. And strong bodies. And yeah, like. you're, ta- you're talking about big, big strong bodies that are used to getting treated so they can tolerate a lot more punishment so, whereas I, didn't, I, I, I wasn't strong enough at that stage and it's a different type of strength because you can pick up a barbell you can pick up a weight and be really strong yeah. but I've got really strong thumbs and really strong grips and really strong elbows and stuff now which I didn't have back yeah. then that's why like um, you know, lots of my friends or clients are really strong, but they go, I couldn't do what you do. And I was like, no, you couldn't yeah. <laughs> because I've built a tolerance over, you know, God, it's nearly, it's nearly 13 years. Yeah. And at, at two years out into, you know, as a grad, I had, didn't have the conditioning to, to put up with that long term. So yeah, for all aspiring, uh, therapists out there, you've really got to learn to use your body and, um, and build a tolerance level out there to deal with with that type of um, punishment because it's really full on but it's really enjoyable so like as much as it was tiring I, I made really good friends and really good um, kind of uh, pathways out of out of Carlton which were really good um, so yeah then 
luckily enough, you know, one of those things, I moved to a clinic in Windsor, which was great. It was called Beyond, and that was an osteopathic slash myotherapy slash Pilates. was there for five years. Once again, that was when it probably dawned on me how much I really actually enjoy treating the general public mm-hmm. because um, they've got so much other stuff to do in their day-to-day rather than focus on their pain um, or, or treat themselves that you have to, you've got so many more obstacles so you have to really get you have to learn how to become a people person and treat treat the person not the problem yep. because that's that's where you'll actually make the, um, the big changes whereas at a, at a sporting club their, their physical ailment is the only thing that they can focus on um, because that's the one thing stopping them from playing or yeah. from doing anything. They don't have a whole, and this is being this is very shallow and a generalisation, but they don't have a whole heap of worldly stresses because their biggest and number one problem is can I play because that's my earning a living, that's my yeah. passion. So, you know, it's it's very cause and effect and very very measured and outcome measured. It's funny you bring that up because I remember early on in. I would have been second year uni. Yeah. And one of our um, guys in my little group that I was in, in um, going through exercise science myself, got a placement at, I think it was Collingwood, yeah. something like that, as an exercise scientist. And um, it was just this most prestigious thing. Oh, you got it, the football. Like, it, as you yeah. said, it's like everyone, every kid's dream kind of getting into that kind of exercise science, manual therapy, physio, whatever yeah. it was, get to the football teams. Like, like, that's what you want to kind of do. And in reality, he kind of looked back on that time now and I went down the um, the hospital route very yeah, quickly because I yeah. knew I wanted to get into rehab and that's mm-hmm. where I was going and it wasn't the sexy thing but I knew that there was a long term kind of approach there and that there was going to always be plenty of work there and yeah. I kind of made that my decision kind of uh, I got teased a lot for it so oh, you want to work with all the old people and yeah, the boring yeah. you know, kind of thing I was like cool I'm going to have a job for life though like so 100%. Um, I, him in saying that in that he just basically took data all day yeah they and do yeah. so as a kind of grad or kind of even a before you know undergrad yeah. kind of thing it's just like you're amongst it all but you're you just kind of do, like so and, all, and also like you're, you're a grad right so you're you're going to this club you are so far down the pecking order <laughs> that you are you're literally just getting coffees for, for blokes that are doing the real interesting stuff yeah. you get to watch it but you're not you're not doing it yeah 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 so, so one or two of them actually got jobs Perfect. like out of it yeah but again for Four or five years, it was just a grind Slug. of just doing it. And here I was, real world, mm. dealing with a person on day yeah. one kind of thing. And I love so that. Rewarding, so rewarding, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's so rewarding to actually take someone from, you know, post-op or, you know, even in my case, you know, pain to to movement, function, fitness. Yeah. It's, it's really rewarding to see that. Whereas, like, yeah, at a real institutionalized situation like a sporting club, you are one cog in the, like the biggest wheel <laughs> and it's just yeah so yeah it's a really but but I wouldn't change it because yep. I got so much learning out of it um, and experience like it was just fun and, and people like to know that you've worked at a sporting club yeah I think you know like it still hold that prestige well, well I get because you know I get guys that you know guys and girls that come in here and they're super athletic and they want to know that I've seen athletic people before yeah you know plenty of clients if you come in and they go have you seen this before? Like, like I've never seen an injury or I've never seen someone this bad. Everyone likes to be the worst, yeah. you know? And um, I go, yeah, mate, like, this is, this is fine. This is very treatable. This is very manageable. Don't stress. And you, sometimes you need to tell that to people because they don't think 
there's light I'm at the unique. end of the tunnel. No one yeah, has yeah. got. No like one has it this bad. <laughs> like I've seen it, but it can't be as bad as mine, right? <laughs> so no, yeah. And look, and after that, um, yeah, I was at a clinic in Windsor for a while, and that was that was really good because that gave me my first um, business experience of what it takes and and how hard it is. Because you know, I was watching the people that I worked with, and they they were osteos and business owners, and it, it's really hard to manage people. Um, it's not something I ever wanted to do. Um, Uni doesn't really teach you how to um, run a business. You've got to learn to do that stuff yourself so on yep. the job. So saw it, didn't love it because it looked really hard. <laughs> so um, appreciated the, the experience and, and yeah, learning to, to treat general public and then work in a multidisciplinary clinic. So when you're cross-referring, so in-house referring to Pilates, osteo, um, and, that's, and, and podiatry, and that's really important too because you start to see how... Everyone's trying to do the same thing. They're just doing it from a different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why people ask you all the time, well, what's the difference between myo and physio and osteo? And it's like, well, I can't disrespect those other um, modalities because I'm not one of them. So they do what they do, mm-hmm. but I can tell you what I do. Yep. And, you know, that, and that's the way I tend to educate people on my therapy. And I've started to see myself over the last few years as not even... Um, I don't even really refer to myself as a myotherapist anymore. I'm just, I'm just the person that you need to see to get you moving and going and getting better again. Because if I'm just a myotherapist to you, well, you're, you're pigeonholing me <clears throat> instead of me pigeonholing you into an injury or that type of thing. So I'm your, I'm your confidant for, for whether that's you know, rehab, training, um, musculoskeletal injury, anything like you know i'm just your therapist Mm -hmm. in a way um so just it just kind of popped into my head Um, we'll obviously go into much more detail yeah but if i'm in an elevator with you yeah i have no idea who you are yeah and i say what do you do yeah 15 second elevator kind of pitch how would you answer it i basically go i am a um, my therapist and physical rehabilitative uh, instructor or specialist whatever that is and I go, you come to me, you either haven't moved, you want to move, you can't because you're in pain, you can't because you haven't in so long. I'm going to get you going and functioning again properly. Like, let's get you back to function. Yeah. Um, because people go, just because you haven't... People come to me all the time with injuries and they go, oh, can I do this, can I do that? It's like, yeah, absolutely. But there's people that don't know that their bodies are sore. And people that don't know that their bodies, not are broken, but that are like mobility restrictive. Like, so they've been sitting at a desk their whole lives. They've never stressed their bodies. Mm-hmm. So they go and they try and work out using a Globo Gym program that's, that's built for everyone. And they can't do it. Or they do it wrong. Or they injure themselves doing that. Now, there's nothing specifically wrong with their bodies, but they're not built like everyone else. Like everyone else is different, right? So you come to someone like me or like yourself, like that's the smartest thing you can do. Because you know you've got your probably your own assessment tools and criteria. Same, like I, the first workout I do with someone or first treatment I do with someone is exactly the same. Because from that I can then paint this picture of where I'm going to take you and how we're going to get you there. Whereas if you just go in to a, to a gym and get the same program that everyone else has got, they don't adjust that. Mm. And they don't care if you can't do it properly. Yeah. Like they'll just let you go and go, oh, I'll see you in six weeks yeah. and we'll... Well, up your weights, yeah. right? What what difference is that going to make, really, in the grand yeah. scheme of things? And, and I think you also learn too, and you've probably done this a lot yourself, is that not everyone wants to come in here and run a marathon. Yeah. 
Not everyone wants to come in here and make the Olympics. Not everyone comes in here and wants to lift 300 kilos. Some people just want to come in here and have a chat. And I think that's what I didn't understand at the start, that you are going to be people's shoulder for a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I, again, it took me a long time mm. to realise that because very early on in my career as well, I was 100% just like, everyone that's coming in here yeah. wants to be an elite athlete. Yeah. Whether they're mum and dad at home or whether they are an elite Not athlete, a chance. they want to train eventually yeah. to get to there. Yeah, And I, I look at some of my programming for some of my original, and I'm like, I should ring them up and give them money, money back. Yeah, like what I terrible. did for them was so bad mm. kind of thing whereas I feel and I'm sure yeah. I'll probably look in 10 years time again now I'm like what was I doing then yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know the science behind the training will change in 10 years yeah. and I've you've probably noticed too in the last couple of years I think the um, well yeah training has become more scientific because we understand so much more mm. about what we need to be doing yeah and, 100% and um, yeah, like I thought I'd be going out and working with, um, yeah, with, with athletes, with Olympic athletes, with swimmers, with, you know, VIS. With, and that is the 0.003% of the people you, you'll see. Yeah. And like, I reckon, you know, 30 to 40% want to get really fit, 50% want to lose weight. And then there's that 10% that literally you make them feel so much better for their whole week just by having a chat, um, talking crap. And like, but but make, tricking them into exercise. Yeah. And that's what you learn to. You, we're magicians, mate. Like, <laughs> like people come in here and they could have had the shittest day, and you and if you can make them leave your facility or your hour with a smile, you've done your job. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I think it took me a long time to realize that that's all it needs sometimes. Like, because you've got some clients that that aren't that. So you have like. And they're your more difficult clients <laughs> because you've got to think every time you see them, like we did this last week, all right, well, so we've got to progressively overload that and we have to you know, pull this in, pull that and use bands for this and rah, rah, rah. But then there's some people that come in and they, that they might be mentally draining on you because you know, you've got to think, how do I approach this person, person emotionally? But you make the biggest change on that person and yeah. that's really rewarding too. Yeah. You know, because they they're the person that's going to send you a text message two or three hours later and says... I didn't feel like getting out of bed today or I didn't feel like exercising today or, you know, that was the last thing I wanted to do, but you made it easy. And you go, did my job. Yeah. Did my job. And that makes me feel really good. Whereas yeah, you, the athlete will come in and go, oh, you just, you smashed me today. And I was like, yes, that wasn't actually my desired effect. <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted to get a different response out of you today. So it, yeah, it's, it's so different. And I, I like the... the variance. Yeah. The variance is really good. And it's the same with treatment too. Like, you know, um, not everyone's injured like not everyone has a broken body like and I think you you do come out of uni and you just think people are going to walk through the front door with like you know every issue under the sun yeah, yeah. And, and they don't generally it's posture like you know it's it, it's it's stress sorry the number one thing is stress 100% like everyone physical everyone, and mental yeah, <laughs> correct and everyone carries it no matter how big or small it's there and if we could eradicate it I probably wouldn't have a job like and you probably yep. you know yours would be hard because people still want to get fit right um, but stress and work like you know you take those things away and people will come in like I, then I would just be seeing injuries and that's I always say people don't hurt themselves in the gym it's what they've done pre and post mm -hmm. because it's either sitting at a desk all day it's being stressed all day or it's sleeping really poorly because you're stressed um, and, and so that's the thing but they think they hurt themselves by exercising it's, yeah. it's very rarely that way and so what's what's some of the, I mean 
I'll kind of just give a highlight. I mean, I really hope the audio is well here. Um, we're yeah. in a big open space and we're on a um, main road here. And I said, I've known Tom from a couple of different places. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've only just currently moved yep. into your new foundations here. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm loving the, the new dig. So kind of explain that storyline and kind of how long have you been in here and kind of what have you now set up here? Yeah, yeah. So like I... God, to, to think about where I was, even a couple of months ago to where I am now, like I look back at photos and gone, how did I do it? Because, I, you know, for, for two or three years, I've been training people out of a, a garage gym, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, three metres by four metres, so tiny. Yep. Um, and you had a great setup there. It was super successful. Yeah. It was fine. Like, once you brought per, uh, someone in for their first session and they, they saw it, they were like, yeah, it's fine. But now looking back on it, I'm like, God, I can't believe I did all of that in yeah. there. But, you know, who, who cares? You, you, you love looking back and, and seeing where you've come from, what you've created. So, yeah, I moved into here on uh, July 1st, mm-hmm. um, which was... You very exciting. Year, yeah, slide, it was perfect yeah. in a way. It just literally happened like that. It was like, no, no, it was June 1st. Sorry, June so no, 1st, it wasn't. Okay. Yep. My bad. Anyway. We'll just say it was, it was July yeah, 1st. Yeah, it yeah, makes it easy. Let's round it off. But yeah, like we uh, had one big moving day and, and, and loaded everything in and it was actually a lot easier than we thought because you actually had space. Yep. Like I was, you know, it was clean, it was open and we could actually move things in really easy. But yeah, so I'm just here on Hawthorne Road and I've got a beautiful little um, gym studio set up at the front, which has got all the painful equipment you could possibly imagine and torture, torture racks. And then I've got my myotherapy clinic at the back here. So it's, um, it's the way I've always wanted to approach uh, treatment was that we, yeah, you might come in off the street and require a lot of hands-on um, attention first up, but then we'd, I'd gradually move you into a, um, a rehab situation where I'm getting your body moving and strong again because strength will keep you healthy for longer. Yeah. And then once, you, once you're stronger, then we can start to implement more things like getting you fit as well because there's nothing like being um, fit under fatigue. So being strong under fatigue and that will then train you to be functional day to day because you're getting, you are tired. People are generally tired and that's when they make mistakes. Yep. So yeah, I've been able to kind of yeah, move a garage gym and I was renting a space um, in South Melbourne for, for two years at um, Without Limits Health with Ali who was yep. a friend and client of yours back in the day um, and she was a champion. So she she allowed me to have a bit more of a vision because I moved out of a big clinic environment into her. So I got to see then more of a business that I'd like to run where you do have people renting space out of you because that's actually a hell of a lot easier than having employees mm-hmm. because then it's literally just a simple agreement. You come in, I go out, rah, rah, rah. And then so I saw from that what I, what I wanted, um, but I was still a while away from, from being ready. And you know, you, it took me two years to, to realize how ready I was. Um, and then it's about, do I have clientele that will follow me? Yep. <laughs> and that's really scary because you've put so much time and effort into building a base. If you up and move, shit, like, are you going <laughs> to lose 50% of them? Yep. But I, I was pretty calculated. We moved into the area of Caulfield in Feb. So we're around the corner okay, yep. um, from South Yarra. And look, I love South Yarra, but we were, it was too expensive and we were sick of living in an apartment and all that type of stuff so we branched out um out of the bubble as my mates call it like got a pretty small little little network of the city there that i used to only operate out of uh but yeah moved to caulfield and love it love it it's it's much more suburban but you're still really close to absolutely everything and i from that i was like who am i going to lose how many am i going to lose from here and then you know what 
you start to realize that you've become important to people mm-hmm. because they'll follow you and they'll travel to come and see you because the effort it would take for them to start the relationship with someone else when they're already getting results and they're already getting the 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 um the effect the desired effect from you it's not worth it yeah so the extra 10 minutes in the car is not going to kill people Mm -hmm. and if you can present them with a really nice facility and something that you know you've worked for they appreciate it yeah and they also respect it too so i reckon you know of the amount of clients i saw i reckon 10 percent just couldn't get to me anymore and that's fair enough you know they got young families they were coming to me in lunch times mm-hmm. so they worked around the corner rah, 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 and I was just like that's fine I probably will still see them but like maybe on a six week you know turnaround for a treatment instead of you know two weekly or, or fortnightly sorry um, so you could have kind of go that's fine yep. sad but see you later absolutely um, you know for, for the benefit of growing a business and going out, out on your own you've got to make tough calls sometimes mm-hmm. and it's been super rewarding so I'm loving it here um, because I've still got that really new gloss on work that I love coming in every day, mm-hmm. and I try and keep it that way. It's it's not a scary place, or as I think we've all got those those days where you're like, I really don't want to go to work today, or I don't want to see. Say for you, you're like, oh, I don't want to see those MSAC doors today. <laughs> Whereas I don't have that because you know I get to bring my dog in every day. She's not here today, sadly. Um, but I get to bring my dog in, and so we either walk here or drive here, and so we have a laugh, and you know. She's doing stupid stuff, and then my clients love her, and they love yeah. coming into the, you know, this, you know, new home, and it's, um, it is, it's really good. And I try and not come on a Sunday, but sometimes I just run here and like do a quick workout and run home, mm-hmm. and that all that takes all of you know 35, 45 minutes, whatever that is. So um, I think because it's still so fresh, I'm really um, enjoying it. Look, um, we all have tough days, yep. but at the moment, doing it for myself has been really fun. You don't, and you know this, you don't switch off ever. Yeah. Like I won't switch off from work unless I literally leave the country because I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like even leaving the state, I can still answer phone calls. I can still answer, e- like I don't get many emails, but I get lots of texts and I get lots of WhatsApps and that type of stuff. So I find within Australia, I won't switch off because I'll always be thinking, what could I be doing? Whereas when you're overseas, there's literally nothing you yeah. could be doing. So that that's a whole new stress I'll have, I'll have to learn to deal with, the fact that, you're always working Mm -hmm. and yeah like I'm literally available all the time so like except for you know I I stop work on Saturdays at 12 30 1 o'clock and I don't work again until 6 a.m. Monday Mm -hmm. but otherwise I'm I'm here I'm here or I'm gone home to have a nap (laughs) you know like that's 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 the extent of my day so I've got to try and um I do probably have to try and condense days a bit, but I'm really enjoying it thus far. And sometimes being available is helpful for people if they are coming from a different place. You've got to kind of be open to the fact that they are traveling to see you. But yeah, so no, it's been really cool. Cool. So kind of, I guess, for some practical advice from someone sitting here listening to this yep. today, if someone's seeing a myotherapist, yep. one, I'm going to ask you the question, yeah, what is it? What is so, it? Yeah. Um, but the two kind of what should someone expect and i'll put your details into the show notes so if anyone is in melbourne you know they can come and hit you up if um what we've talked about sounds like that's exactly what i'm after kind of thing so you can do that but kind of for some practical advice one what What is is a myotherapist yeah but for two what do you do as a myotherapist and if someone is living in queensland canada or the uk if they're thinking about that sounds exactly what i need what should they look for yeah yeah so 
what is it and, and what, what do you do? Well, we can kind of answer in a big um, global kind of conversation. It's, it's basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at you and assess the way your body moves. And like, unless you come to me for a specific injury, I still kind of do all the same things because your body works as a big functional unit, right? So we want to see where the problems lie. Because you might come to me with shoulder pain, Adam, but you've got a really bad lower back. And like your lower back is the, is the reason that your shoulder is overcompensating. So we want to look at why that's happening. Uh, like for example, some, someone came to me last night and he's got um, lower back pain and hip flexor issues. Um, and he's wondering why his lower back gets so sore and he's deadlifting. But I actually assessed his shoulders and his shoulders aren't strong enough to hold a good position. So he's falling forwards all the time throughout the day and through a deadlift. So his hip flexors and his lower back are doing all the work. Mm -hmm. So it's all stuff like that. So you'll come in, We'll do a patient history like you would generally do with any time you see someone for the first time. I want to know what sports you've played, what exercise you like doing, what you do for your day job, how you're sleeping, how's your eating, how's your digestion, how's um, you know your stresses, what are your stresses, you know what, what's your family like, life like, you know who's at home, where are you living, that type of stuff. I want to know everything because that's the picture that I need to put together to understand why you're having either pain, dysfunction, or um, stress you know um so we'll go through that from a seated you know easy conversational i don't i don't hone in on anything i'm not gonna smash you or anything like that um but i, I need to know a few things definitely um now look some people are really good at um divulging information and some are really not yep. so what i tend to find is as soon as i get people up on the table they'll tell me a heap of stuff they couldn't tell me when they were sitting down so as soon as their face isn't looking at me eyeball <laughs> You know, their their heads down, and they're they're having it. Um, they're they're more willing to open up because I've put hands on them, so you've broken a really big barrier. Yep. So that's what I'll do. I do a, a bit of visual assessment, so I'll get your arms to swing, I'll get your bends back and forward, left and right, see what happens. But then I'll put you on the table because that's when I that's my um, money makers, my hands. Yep. So like that's where I feel very comfortable is assessing through palpation and assessing through touch what's going on with your body because you can feel it and you can really kind of know like even just like contours and lines and mm -hmm. stuff like that you can really feel like where stress and tension is and it's like you know you can just see the differences on side to side and that type of thing so yeah i run my hands um through like neck back that type of thing poking prodding um and move the joints at the same time so there's lots of um there is massage but it's like deep trigger point uh, analysis mm -hmm. if that's a good way to describe it with passive and active range of motion through shoulders, necks, backs, hips. Hips are really important. Yep. So I'll always treat someone's hips because that's like your, it's your epicenter for movement, right? That's yeah, where okay. all of it should really come from. You know, glutes are so important, but most of us have, I call it lazy asses. Yep. We're really lazy ass. Massively underactive, aren't we? Yeah. We sit on them all we day. We sit on <laughs> them all day and we wonder why they don't want to work. And it's like, well, because you, you flatten them out to a pancake and the, and the musculature there is just really... Un, like angry and like uncomfortable so let, let's let's move it let's free it up let's get blood flow so i'll do that type of stuff with people and then and then focus on why a shoulder might be sore or why um a foot might be sore and you'll but like your body paints the picture so like i'll work my way and i'll normally start really centrally lower back along the spine um and then work peripherally down the legs or down the arms and then and then try and gauge from that what's actually happening but a lot of the time I'll know what's happening before I get to where you're actually sore because that's not where just because like that's where you're symptomatic doesn't mean that's where the problem is yep. so yeah 
that's what you should get from a good my therapist and then then they'll hone in on why that's happening and be able to go through that with you and then it might be you know dry needling is one of our modalities massage is one of our modalities you know pnf and stretching like that type of thing too is really important um so i'll spend normally 35 to 40 minutes doing that with someone in the first session and then hopefully in the second session um it's 25 to 30 minutes and then i've got them out on the floor and we're actually starting to move so i start showing them some glute activation exercises um, some spiky ball some foam roller all that type of stuff that stuff that they can do at home um that'll make my life a bit easier um and then if they do it if they do it which is very rare (laughs) yep um and i know that straight away yeah of course i I, like they'll come and they'll tell me and i'm like you haven't done your exercises this week no a snowball's chance in hell so like you know and and that's that's a reality that you have to put up with too that people are looking at you to be the sole source and cure like you cure me please because i've got enough to deal with so if i can handball this to you it'll be really great but as I try and educate people is like, you know, if you see me for 45 minutes a week, what percentage of that, of that is your week? It's like what, 0.5? Yeah. So you've got to be doing stuff away from me to get better. It's like fitness. You can't work out with a, P, with a PT or, or a trainer once a week and expect to get fit. Mm. You've got to be doing something every day um, or close to. And it doesn't have to be at intensity, no, but it has to be movement every day. Yep. So yeah, so then, you know, second session, it, it, it turns into, you know, half therapy, half movement, and then that'll probably last for a couple of, we- couple of weeks or a couple of sessions. And then eventually, yeah, you're literally just doing um, physical stuff with them out on the floor. So that's, that's me as a myotherapist. I wouldn't expect that of every myo because they don't have the, um, the rehabilitative love that I might do. They might be purely hands-on or they might be really um, yeah, going down a different path which, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's their thing. So that might be more, they might be needling specialists or, um, you know, lots of other people do cupping and all that type of stuff. I don't specifically do that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll do a bit of needling if I think I can't get the results through palpation and hands-on. I'll do that stuff with them. And some people enjoy it because it's, um, it's a lot less invasive. Like, mm-hmm. um, or, or for you, it's a lot less pain, painless because I'll put the needles in and it's actually quite relaxing. Yeah, I'll play around with them, but it's painful like a second and then it's quite relaxing again. Whereas if I've got a thumb in your upper traps and I'm moving your shoulder around, well, that's that's quite stressful. Yeah. Um, but it's effective. Yeah. Well, so, sort of, um, sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. What I've always enjoyed about you as a professional is because yeah. you do have that movement background as yeah. well. And I guess I'm biased because... I'm an exercise physiologist and yeah. exercise and exercise therapy is my life. Yeah. Um, but I always love practitioners that go above and beyond. And yeah. I know a lot of my industry are dead against physios, myos, mm. osteos, prescribing exercise. Yeah. That's not their job. They shouldn't be doing it. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah. But if you're confident on what you're doing, yeah. you'll have clients come to you for the reason they're coming to you. Stop worrying yeah. about what other people are doing. But yeah, take it on board. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love yeah. when I say, I mean, I hate if people are getting, you know, big type programs and that physio has no yeah. background in it whatsoever. Yeah. Correct. But absolutely, if they're simple exercises that can be mm. take home things that can make that person who's come to them yeah. feel better, get a mm. result, then why am I sitting here complaining? You shouldn't yeah. be doing that and yeah. making them feel better. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, madness. <laughs> and I think like in the industry, in the health industry in particular, everyone's really quick to badmouth another profession or badmouth another uh, clinician, physio, whatever, because they want to be the best. 
they want to be seen as the best. They want to put down someone else in order to make themselves feel better. And you know, try it's almost like trying to win a client over. So I stopped doing, like I stopped caring about what people were doing with other trainers and other um, clinicians because at that time, that might have been the right thing for them to be doing. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I don't care. Like, let's just, let's just focus on the now, right? Yeah. And I, um, you know, I also stopped caring about giving clients really um, fun, cool, hip, new um, exercises to do, to yeah. take home because they don't fucking do them. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if I give them really basic things, they're actually a hell of a lot more likely to do them because they don't have to try and remember. They don't have to like look it up on YouTube. They don't have to call me. They don't have to text me. They can go, oh, all Tom wanted me to do was grab this band and pull it apart. Brilliant. I yeah. can do that. I can do that while I'm watching TV. I can do that lying on a foam roller, rah, rah, rah. So yeah, I, d I do find it funny when people come into me and the first thing they want to do is say, I've been to every physio, I've been to every Maya, I've been to every car, no one can fix me. Well, they probably can't fix you because you've got a real shit attitude. Like, and that's, that, that's one of the biggest things you've got to change with people. And that's, and you can probably vouch for this, I'm quite personable. So I will um, find a way to talk to that person. Like regardless of a, the stone wall that you might be when you come in or the real, um, or, the, or, or the opposite, like, you know, the verbal diarrhea person that you are, I'll find a way to either calm you down or open you up because it's the opposite. You're normally presenting the opposite of what you need. Yeah. Like, and I reckon that's, that's really true. Um, you know, if you're someone that's coming here and I can't shut you up, I need to shut you up. Yeah. Like, you know, so that might be through hands-on and actually trying to tie your head out. in the thing. Yeah. Just shut up. <laughs> and I'm not pushing your head in the hole, but I'll talk instead of you yeah. because you might need to actually listen. And then vice versa, if you're coming in here, I can't get a cracker out of you. It makes my life, it, that's more challenging, definitely, but I'll find something to crack, something to make you crack um, because then I know if I do crack you, you'll be with me for life mm -hmm. because they're... Because then you'll refer, you're probably my greatest referrer because I did make you crack. Yeah. Um, and no one's been able to do that. So yeah, you learn so much out of people. Um, I think that's a really valuable thing for people listening at home as well, is that if they're hearing this yeah. and have been like they're suffering from lower back pain or they've got some sort yeah, of issue yeah. or some sort of injury that I've been to every physio. Like, they, if they're it. sitting there and saying that to themselves, something that I think should be taken home from what you've just said there is that take yourself out of your story yes yeah like yeah. you've attached yourself to this story that yeah. i'm broken i've seen everyone i can't be fixed what i am is special and unique is that yeah, yeah understand that your body is like every other body out there yeah yes you have your own intricacies and things like that yeah but if you're going to employ someone and spend your hard-earned money mm, let them let them do their job yeah correct you know like if you're and i always use the um, example of a plumber at home yeah. If my pipes burst in my house, yeah. I don't call a plumber and then come in and go, can you fix my... And then he starts, hang on, should you be using that? Like, I just, yeah, yeah. do your job, do your fix job. my pipe. And, yeah. like, and so I, the biggest advice I can give, and I think yeah, you yeah. could probably just say, what we're talking away from is just let the person that you're going to employ yeah. do their job. Yeah. And if it's not for you, at least you, I've let you do, if it hasn't tried. worked, you haven't tried. You've but don't go in and just going... You can't fix me of it because yeah, yeah, yeah. probably nothing's going to happen. No, not with that attitude. One hundred percent. And like, you do learn a lot about, like, it's not placebo, but like, if you want something to work, it will work. Like, so if you want me to fix you, I will one hundred percent fix you. 
But if you don't, like, if you actually want to prove me wrong, well, then you will. Yeah. And like, but again, to that point, a lot of people I've found in the yeah. past attach themselves and find, what's the word I'm looking for? Find, um, like, identity in their, their pain. In, in yeah, their pain. Yeah, in their life. I have back pain. Yes, yes. This is who I am. And, they, and so Regardless. if you fix that, all of a sudden they've lost something to hang on oh, to. Oh, mate, that's so really true. Absolutely see um, that all the time. So they'll either create another symptom or they'll tell you it's not getting any better. Yep. So yeah, but like I I know if it's getting better. Like I'm not an idiot. Like, like your you range know. of motion is increased yeah, by fifty yeah, percent. Yeah. I know yeah, you're yeah, moving yeah, better. Yeah. I'm you know I'm sticking my thumb halfway through your rib cage. Like if that doesn't hurt you, like there's probably nothing wrong. No, 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 that's probably being a bit silly. But yeah, like you're hundred percent right. Sometimes if they'll stop coming because you've actually changed them, and they didn't. They actually liked being in pain, and that's yeah. a whole different set of psychosis. Absolutely. That you, you know, yeah. You, you, and you, but you can probably see the warning signs with that pretty early on that um, they're not responding to you um, in a manner that you think they should be, um, and, that's, that, and that may not be, and that client just may not be the right client for you. And you, you've got to kind of wipe your hands with that one and kind of say, I did what I needed to do. I'll handball you onto someone else. And that, that's that's actually a really good sign of a good practitioner and a good clinician, one that is prepared to refer you on, because they've said, I've done all I can. I don't think I can do, do any more. Like I, I'm at the end of my knowledge, um, education, um, powers. I need to send it to a colleague. And, and that's to that point, it was just what I was gonna lead into in that sometimes, even though I'm the expert in what I do and I feel yeah. very confident in what I do, sometimes a client will just need Something. a confirmation from someone yeah. else. And so yeah. I, have, I have a great network of referrals that again, I will happily go, you know what, Tom? We've been trying to do this for the last few weeks, and your back pain is just not going away. Even though I think I think you are better. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to John down the road. He's going to diagnose you with this huge kind of a plethora of kind of activities and things like yeah, that. Yeah. All they needed was someone else to go. Da 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 da. Yeah. You're not moving through here, and then come back to me. We do the exact same program, and you get but better. But then all of a sudden you get better, and they're like, Adam, you've saved my life. I was like. I didn't like you yeah. just you just had that mental click of whatever yeah. it kind of was. One hundred percent, or it's like the fact that um, you know who are your worst clients? Family, <laughs> because they don't trust that you know what you're freaking doing. <laughs> and like family and family friends who are older, who are going, oh, it's a bit weird going to see like you know my nephew or um, you know my my best mate's son because you know he's thirty and I'm fifty five or sixty and what's he gonna bloody yeah. know? But then you really like, and then they do it and they come in and they go, fuck, what the hell was I doing for, yeah. for 20 years? And like, and I'll go, what the hell were you doing for 20 years? Seeing that, like, you know, seeing that person who, who clearly couldn't get through to you. Yeah. And that's all, I was probably doing exactly the same stuff as that person, but they could not get through to you. And I think that's why I'll differ from um, other practitioners and stuff because I'll try and get through to that person um on a conversational level on a personal level but try and actually create a relationship like that's what i enjoy doing and that's why i've had clients for 10 years yep. you know and i'm only 30 and i've had them <laughs> for 10 years so it's a pretty rewarding space that we work in Absolutely. it is because you do see a lot of change it can be really frustrating at times um and you know what it's like working for yourself you are chasing work you are constantly checking in you are constantly um waiting for someone else to send a referral or rah 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 but when you do get good clients, and I've got really good clients at the moment, it doesn't make work that hard. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And like you, 
I do have really good clients. Like, yeah. yeah. And so you just go, I'm really lucky at the moment to work in a space that um, you appreciate it. Whereas, and then you see people that have worked all day at desks in big corporations and big companies and they're just so underappreciated. Yeah. And that's probably half the battle yeah. that, their, that their stress is coming from being underappreciated um, or just not even noticed. Yeah. Like, Part of a big, big, big cold that's like, just a little number. Yeah. I'm just so glad that I don't work in those spaces because like where's your motivation coming from if you're just not getting any reward for mm-hmm. service and that type of thing so so yeah pretty lucky and pretty happy with where things have gone especially this year this year has been tough because you know made big made big decisions yeah. and and you know financial decisions too so like that's a big and obviously big like commitment that's one of the huge like, hugest biggest stresses you're going to have is financial right yep. so yeah you take you take on a lot more so i've definitely taken on a lot more than i've ever had before this year and like i'm gonna make it <laughs> i'm gonna make it well but it's just you just gotta like sit, sit back sometimes and go Whew, okay yeah yeah, yeah. I've gotta work hard gotta work I mean, hard to that point i think a lot of people who come to my podcast usually and are coming through my instagram page are usually coming from a fat loss percentage yep uh uh, population, I should say, percentage. Yeah, population, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, percentage of the population. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but a big thing I'm on at the moment is kind of, and I mentioned this to you before, in that, like, pain will pass. Challenging yeah. yourself and kind of putting yourself in uncomfortable mm. situations is the only way you grow. Like sitting in a comfortable area and oh. doing what you you know you can do, you can do it every yeah. day. Whether that's physical comfort in the gym doing the same bench press or the Correct, same thing a day right. and day or sitting in constant pain not challenging that pain and pushing yep. it to get uncomfortable that this is hurting a bit more but I know that it yeah, might leave me yeah. down or be at work or whatever it might be mm. and that a big takeaway point again that I hope someone's taking from this and my ramblings going on yep. in that you need to put yourself in uncomfortable Have situations yep. and it'll absolutely help you grow in whether it's an injury, whether it's life, whether whatever it might be. So. Yeah, it's 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 create an environment where you're so okay with being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So like in, in and that's in anything that you do, right? And as you said, like that's work life. Like if you're not being challenged at work, well then you need to change. You need to change something. And you if your body is not being challenged, well then it won't it won't get better. Like it it just won't. It's as simple as that. You said it and like you know, you're talking about you you're running, you know, until you decided to challenge yourself physically and actually push into the, that pain cave, you learn a hell of a lot about yourself in that pain yeah. cave. And you actually, for the first time, you said this year, you like you finally um, told it to fuck off. And because of that, um, you're a different person. Yeah. And you've come out the other side a better person. So like, that's what people need to learn is you'll actually by challenging and winning that challenge and you know you don't win them all don't (laughs) you've (laughs) lost many yep (laughs) um you know by not and i'll I'll do it to myself every day like i'll set myself an unrealistic goal of finishing a certain workout in a certain amount of time and i know i can't finish it but it doesn't stop me from trying Mm -hmm. and i think that's really important too you you learn a lot in the trying um, if you don't try, you know that stupid Simpsons quote, if you don't try, you never fail. <laughs> it's so far from wrong, but it's so funny yeah. because you do, you have to fall over in order to kind of learn how to stop yourself from falling the next time. So yeah, it's, um, challenge is so good. It's so good. And yeah, like I was uncomfortable about doing the podcast today, but we've probably been going for like 35 minutes or 45 something, minutes 45 so minutes and haven't even drawn breath. Yep. So it is, it is interesting. You, you won't know what you can do until you try. 
It's funny with, with the podcast, I freak out every time, whether I'm doing yeah. it on my own or with a guest, at about the 10 minute mark. Okay. I have a thought, what am I going to keep speaking about? Yeah, yeah. But every you... single time I've done it. Yeah. And I did it today. I looked over. <laughs> Hope this conversation, but it and just, then all of a sudden you just keep, and yeah, it just keeps going. Listen, it has, it has, surely it has a natural path that like yeah. you, you're trying to to direct it. But hopefully, the person that you have on the show, there's a reason you've got them on the show. It's because yeah. like they're passionate about what they do. They're passionate about like you know either helping others or um or you, you as well. So like they agree with your um uh, motives and, and and lifestyle choices and and work choices and that type of thing. So. It should be fine to get the past <laughs> 10 minutes, right? So if it doesn't, clearly the person was the wrong person to get on a podcast. Yeah. But it's probably like, you know, when you listen to the radio and they get on a guest and there's crickets yeah. and you're like, geez, I, I bet you they wish they could just literally cut to a song or, or something like that. At least you don't have any background music that we can't, yeah. we can't put on. Well, I haven't, haven't yet had it done. Yeah, but you might. I like, might come across one that's just, yeah. Or just, you might just get someone on the wrong day. Yep. Where, and they, like, they've had a crappy day and like they can't change it there's i don't know about you but regardless of what's happening in my life i don't bring that to my clients because that's yeah. their hour that's selfish of me to bring that to them like i might have a really funny story that ends up with me like you know fucking getting a parking ticket or something like that <laughs> and i'll be really annoyed with that but I, if something major is happening in my life and unless um it's unshakable or like i haven't had to like you know restructure my whole week around it or something like that um i won't put that on them uh because it's not fair because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for them. They're not here for me. But like that is slowly changing because yeah. my clients are becoming very close. So they want and sometimes to, they'll engage. They'll you want that, to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, right. yeah. If something's not right, they'll need they'll need and want to know, and yeah. that's really comforting too. But yeah, you might have just caught. You know, you might one day just catch that person that you're doing a podcast with on the wrong day, <laughs> and it's going to be a brick wall. So far, I've had great guests. Yeah, and awesome. I've really enjoyed the, the chat. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, I really appreciate you do coming on because I know no, when I it. sent that message through, yeah. I could feel it in your words like, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you, what, like, what do you want me to do? Kind of I thing. wanted to do it. It was just like, don't hang me out to dry. But, like, <laughs> but then I was thinking about it afterwards and I was like, what could he possibly ask that it really like, you know, pushed me back against yeah. the wall? And it's nothing. Yeah. So it's, I really appreciate that, Matt. And um, awesome. I really hope people have gotten something out of something we're talking. I mean, that's yeah, always yeah. my point of call in my yeah. head. It's like, if I'm having someone on or I'm just talking to the microphone myself, yeah. the person listening in is investing 50 minutes of their time. And for that, yeah. I'm incredibly grateful. It's 10K like, run, isn't it? Yeah, well, there you go. And, and most people, I think that's why the popularity of podcasts have become so big yeah. in that you don't interrupt people's day too much in that yeah. they can do it on the way to work. And I do, I get, Adam, that was a great podcast, listen to it on my way to work today. Or I'd walk the dog and listen to that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and that's great. But the fact is, there's so much out there they could be listening to or doing. Yeah. The fact that you guys are listening to me and my guests talk for 50 minutes, yeah. I am humbled by the fact that totally. there is that. Um, but always at my head, it's, can I bring value? Yeah. Whatever we're talked about. And I really do hope, and I know I certainly sure always get something out of some, it. Yeah, someone would have um, got something. But you don't know what. Yeah, and, and that's that's also the, the fun bit too. Is someone will listen to this, and they might pick up on the smallest thing that either I or you said, and you're like, "That's what you got? <laughs> interesting. I'll take it." Yeah. But interesting. Or they might have picked up on something really important, and you go, Absolutely. "Great." That's awesome. And I guess the the main thing was, uh, I hope people obviously understand more about my therapy yeah, and yeah. what it's all about, and um, what they could get out of it if they're employing someone. Totally. And as I said, every one of um, 
Tom's details within Instagram awesome. page. You've got an Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I do. You're not as active, and I'm trying to push you to get yeah, on there, get more yeah. active on there, but um, post more stuff. But um, you got a website? Yep. Yep, I'll, website. I'll give that to you as well. Um, yep. As well as contact details. So if you are in this area, we're in Caulfield. Caulfield, yep. yeah. Um, you can certainly come down and um, come and have a chat and uh, catch up with Tom. I'd love to see you. Um, but also, as I said, just a, I think there was some really great chats we had there in regards to multi-different areas of kind of people. If you are struggling with pain or yeah. if it's a stress related or you've got lower back issues kind of I hope I certainly know that if I was sitting at home I would have gotten something out of what yeah, was totally. so I really hope that people have and so again man, I really appreciate you coming also, on mate, with that uh, I really have enjoyed being on here and we'll have to do another one in the future maybe Absolutely. I'll do you mate yeah we'll get you yeah, yeah. if you start your podcast I'll happily be a guest All right, for no, you. no worries um, but we had two uh, questions come through because I always put out questions to the audience and yeah. say hey I've got this person on what would you like to ask them um Melly Conium, I'll just—I hope that's right. Hi, Melly. Um, lymphatic massage—is it worth doing, or one of those fads? Your uh... um, lymphatic massage, whether I guess you're looking for drainage. So a lot of the time we have lymphatic nodes throughout the body; they get quite inflamed, you know. And and also we hold more, like fluid in our body so much. Is it worth it? Yeah. If you've got heaps of fluid, then lymphatic drainage will be really important to you. I don't necessarily think it's just something for you to go and do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really see a heap of benefit from that. But like, so who would benefit from it? Well, yeah, someone that's probably got um, you know swollen, someone who's carrying a lot of fluid in joints and that type of thing, arthritic change, that type of stuff too. Um, you know, I remember working with um, Ali uh, a lot with Out Limits Health, and she did a, did a lot of work with lymphatic drainage too. So she could probably talk a bit more at length about that um, and I know that she was very good at it I don't specifically do a lot of it myself um, and you, you would need to seek out someone that would specialise yep. in lymphatic drainage it's not just like oh massage is lymphatic drainage it's not it, it, there are specific techniques angles all that type of stuff to doing it um, it's, it's very good for people that have been sick mm-hmm. um, so who are carrying um, inf- inflammatory response and, and markers based on say even your cancers and that type of thing yeah. too it's very important um, but once again I would seek a specialist in, in that regard cool. yeah um, and one other question there today was from sana.hk6 <laughs> how important is it to go to chiropractors and how often it's important to go to chiropractors if if it's important to you to go to chiropractors um, I'm not a chiropractor but you know if you were coming to see me i always see someone once the first week and always do a follow-up the following from there it probably stretches to every two weeks because i don't feel that you need to be if you're seeing someone more um than once a week they're not giving you enough tools to to treat yourself Mm -hmm. and and long term you shouldn't be relying on treatment every second day like that's just that's just crazy so if you're seeing a chiropractor after the first two weeks, more than twice a week, I don't think he's addressing all of your problems. He or she, sorry, he's addressing all of your problems or he's addressing one part of your problem. So then you need to be getting a more of a holistic based treatment to um, identify what's really going on. Um, so it's, it's, more, it's more about what's important to you and how, how much responsibility are you taking on for what's going, what's going wrong with you? That's a really good point. Yeah. The problem is not mine, and it's not the practitioners, and it's not the chiros, it's not the physios. It's actually your problem. Are you prepared to put in the hours, to put in the rehab, to put in the exercises, and follow what I tell you, or what they tell you, 
and actually get better. Mm. That's what's. That's how you'll know whether or not it's important to see a, a practitioner more more often than not. Yeah, and I'm, to that point, and I'm glad you went there in that. This is any practitioner, I believe. Yeah. If you go to someone and all you do is you see them, you do some things, you go home, and then you do that week after, after week, week after week. You're going to get nowhere. You're going nowhere. Stop wasting your money. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Like You'd be just as good being at home, doing nothing. Yeah. That hands-on you might feel nice at that point or that exercise regime that an exercise physio might be feeling yeah, good at yeah. that point. But then you go home, you feel exactly the same. Save your money and still feel shit. Yeah, At least you've got 100%. money in your pocket. Yeah. If someone is giving you above and beyond and making you accountable for you know the problem you're coming here, we're yeah. helping you for this hour. Yeah, great. Yeah. But now what you need to go and do is X, Y, and Z, and you then start to see you know a, a progressive kind of bettering of your yeah. you know indications or whatever Top it might right. be. That's someone you should keep seeing, whether that's 100%. a Cairo, a Mayo, an exercise physio, yeah. whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. Like keep it, seeing that. People person. have. Um, Opinions and uh, whatever of, of, of certain type of clinicians, practitioners, um, you know, specialities. It's just about what works for you. Like, I might work for you, but I might not work for the next person. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, and that's what I've become really okay with. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I don't, um, you know, if I don't work for someone, that's not my problem. I've done, I've hopefully done everything within my education, training, um, prowess to try and help. If I haven't helped, give it off to someone yeah. else. A good red flag is if the person you go to see starts slagging off someone else instantly. Like, yeah. they've got hands on and or whatever it might be. It's like, oh, you, those physios or crazy. those chiros. Yeah. Don't, crazy. Don't, don't, don't ever go there. Yeah. Get off that table that day. Thank you and never go back to yeah, there. Yeah, correct. Um, thanks for all those two questions, guys, sending yeah. them in. And Tom, thanks for answering them. That's all right. Um, as always, I have my quick fire five. Okay, yep. um, I five don't questions. Know these, so yep. this will be interesting. Um, it's always cold. If people do listen to my podcast, they'll know what these are. But I always love asking my guests five questions. First thing that comes ahead. Okay. Yeah. Beach or snow? Beach. Future or past? Future. I always love going further. Why future? And where would you go in the future? Um, funny. I had a. I had my dad training on Saturday with me, and he's. I said. Um, He's like, yeah, that was really tough. He said, how do you think I went? And I, and I was, because I was working out with him, and I said, bet, I said, better than you were, but not as good as you'll be. So I think we can always just, you can always improve. You can always get better. Like I'm fitter now than what I was at 21, 22, 23, even though I was probably exercising more back then. Like I'm much better placed now than what I was then. So I'll only be better placed. Hopefully until I'm 50 when it starts to reverse a little bit back. But you know, I always just look ahead. I yep. think that's what's important. You can't change anything that's that's been done you can only learn from it so yeah, good points um don't have to worry about nutritional value it doesn't matter yeah. how many calories whatever it might be yeah, yeah. one food for the rest of your life what would you eat really interesting question so when i was in africa earlier in the year we we put this question if you had to eat like for survival mode you can't you, you can only eat one thing for the rest of your life and you, you you're not going to get sick of it but you can't actually add anything to it what are you going to eat? And mine was, and me and Nicole's, my wife's, we came up with potatoes. Because it, you, can, like, you, you can do a hell of a lot with a potato without adding anything to it. And people go, oh, you're mad. But, but think about it. Like, there's, there's meat and that type of thing, but you're going to get so sick of eating meat. 
And I, yeah, I don't know how we came up with it, but the potatoes. Potato. And it was, but, but I wouldn't. So like, if I had yeah. the choice of I was going to say, you're every, far too literal yeah, on yeah. this. <laughs> that's, that's survival mode, right? Yeah. Yep. But if I'm going one meal, like for the rest yeah, of my one, life. One yeah, one meal yeah. for the rest of your life. Look, I'm a massive burger man. Yep. I love a really good burger. And um, yeah, I, yeah, burger, burger and fries. Yep. And real, but it has to be really good though. Yeah. Really good. Or, um, yeah, I, I think that's good. Or like a bath of bath size lasagna, and just let me like just absolutely go crazy for it. Yeah, but good yeah, lasagna is good. Yeah, um, family, friend, or famous, dead or alive, who would you like to have dinner with tonight? The Rock. The Rock. Yeah, yeah. He's the only person, and I've said this so many times, right? That I would be celebrity starstruck by. No one else I'd really care. Like. And now you've said family, dead or alive. Now that's that I've gone pretty shallow with this because I probably only heard celebrity in my, yeah. you know, when you asked it. And, and you've gone, you know, dinner tonight. Who do you want to have dinner with? And I was like, I don't know. I just love that guy. Yeah. I just think he's he's hilarious. Like he's super successful, come from nothing, um, and he's really made it. And he's also he's he's freaking huge. <laughs> so like, I just want to ask him questions about that. Yeah. And what's he taking? What's he eating? Like all those stupid things. But yeah, I've probably gone a bit shallow with it, but no, no, that's just, like you know, it. the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, and this goes to that point. Yeah. Um, you have one week left um, on earth. Yep. You've already said goodbye to parents and everyone like that. Okay. This one week is now for you. So I can be selfish. Yeah, you know absolutely saying? selfish yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I'm saying. What do you do for the last week of your life? A week? You, you can go in, you can yeah. teleport instantly. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You can be anywhere, do anything. What do you do on that last week? A week's actually a really long period of time because yeah. you can actually fit quite a lot into that week. I'd probably, you know, I'd, I'd obviously want to spend as much of this week with, like with my wife and, you know, um, that type of thing. So she's going to do everything with me. Yep. You know, because that's, that's, that's just what I would want. Um, so, you know, it'd be a heap of stuff. I'd probably want to like travel to everywhere that I haven't been. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not going back to anywhere I've been. Like that's just so what's one then? Where's, where's uh, somewhere you haven't so been I haven't been anyway. to any of Europe yet. So I'd make my way all, all the way through. And there's not nothing specifically that I'm like, bang, have to see that, have to see that. But I like, I just want to see it all. You got a week, there's no need to sleep. <laughs> so you may as well see as much as you can. Like all the, um, you know, go and eat as much food as I could of all the different spots as well. Like I love food. Um, I've got a week left. Um, I'd probably like to compete in a lot of things that I've dreamt of competing in, like as a one-off. So, um, you know, cross the finish line over an Ironman, like that type of thing, but not do the whole thing. Yeah. Like just, you know, just, just, just do parts. Just do bits and bobs. Oh, you know, like a winning Essendon Grand Final like would be just insane to be at with my dad and with my wife. That would just be, that'd be heaven. Um, it's a really interesting question because a week's such a long period of time. Like you could really fit in quite a lot. Um, but what did you say? It's interesting. Like you're the first person to actually ever ask that back. Yeah. No one's ever like, "What about you, Adam?" Yeah. Kind of well, thing. I just and I've always I haven't really ever thought about it in depth because yeah. I thought, well, I'm, I'm here to ask you the question. Like I don't yeah, expect yeah. you to kind of like, can you please ask me? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. You know, kind of thing. But it's interesting and. I'm going to go completely selfish on it, and it's going to be me because I've said goodbye to my yeah, yeah. my daughter and my wife. But I'm you want to don't you want to experience no, some I, of those moments with someone? I would 100% yeah take a Lamborghini. Yeah, you're a car man. Yeah. I was about to say you're probably going to want to drive an F1 car or something like that. And this is going to sound horrible because of what happened this week, or last week, Danny Frawley. Oh yeah, okay. 
but I would love to just write off a car at 400 mile an hour. Right. Like, just to be able to feel how fast that went. So are you in the just, car? I'm in the car. And but I'm nothing's going to happen to you? Nothing's going to happen to yeah, you. Yeah, like, okay. And just... So you're in a bubble within the car, mate. Yeah, I just, I would yep. love to just yeah, push yeah, a car to the absolute like. limits around Monaco yeah. um, race. Like, I have to, I shut down the city. This city's mine today, guys. Get yeah. out, honey. Well, Dan, do you want to drive a plane? Like, would you want to, like, no, you don't want to pilot a car. Okay, oh, that's so. right, yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it'd be probably something to do with a car, yeah. I think, um, like that. And I, I think there's other things, too. Like, I'd, have, I'd like to have it, like, you know... Just play like kick to kick with some really good footballers that I've yeah. like, you know grown, you up, grown up cherishing and that type of thing, or or um, you know face face a fast face a bowler face Glenn McGrath face Shane Warne like that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, have a net session. I like where your head's them. gone with that. But then it's funny how like a lot of our stuff revolves around sport. Like I haven't for the life of me said I'll oh, be on a film set or um, you know that mm. type of thing. Like that doesn't just doesn't seem to. But and I'm not a car man, so I'd never yeah. want to go and like drive a car that doesn't do anything for me. But it's a really interesting question because I think it's too long. If you said, if you got one day, what do you do? I'd be like, oh, racking my brain with all these different Maybe things. I need to change it. <laughs> no, no, because it's, yeah. it's good. You're stretching people. But I think travel has to be in yeah. there because there's just, I probably want to go and do Everest. Because like, like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I look at people that have done it and I go, geez, I'm, I'm fit enough. I just have to do the training and I'd have to get used to altitude and all that type of stuff. Kokoda would be really big on my mm-hmm. list too. I've looked at doing Kokoda for a number of years, but it's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, but I will do it eventually. That'd be something I'd love to do with like my old man, I think. Um, well, Everest is now is about fifty to $75,000. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, so I'm like, to, for, you know, for an early grave, like that's a really expensive tombstone. Yeah. So, because <laughs> people do die, obviously, oh, doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, mean, I, I mean, I did base camp back in job? 2014, I think, with that my old man. Enough. Um, and I almost watched my old man die. Yeah, there um, exactly. So why was and you? there was reasons why that for another, and that was actually on one of my podcast. I had my parents on a podcast. Oh great! So that was pretty cool, and uh, we told partly that story kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's a special place, Everest. Definitely. Yeah, there's something. I'm not a spiritual man, even in the slightest. But but you could feel a presence of something that was there. Mm. Like I, I can't I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it was. But when yeah. you're walking in amongst those mountains. There is some sort of yeah. power that you feel that's bigger than you. Well, like, that's that's why I would like to do Kokoda as well because I've had friends do it, and um, I wouldn't call them necessarily uh, emotionally available men, <laughs> but they've finished it and had a good cry. Yeah. So I'm going. There must be something really above us happening at that at those yeah. spots. Yeah. So that 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 interests me a lot too. And I've done a heap of research and reading and. You know, I've read a lot, a lot of books about Kokoda and that type of thing. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that, I think. Cool. But, yeah, otherwise, yeah, that's me done. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent, mate. Well, um, again, really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Um, I think it's, well, again, if no one has found any value, I have certainly, and yeah, I've I enjoyed have. our chat. <laughs> and, uh, it's just good to ca- touch base with you again, yeah, mate, and come and see the place. It, it looks great. And, guys, yeah, if you are you. In, uh, in the area, definitely come down and check him out. Yeah, and, hit me uh, up. I'm sure he could certainly uh, help you with any ailments or any issues that you are going through. So, awesome been another episode of the let's talk fast podcast guys i hope you've had a fantastic week i hope you enjoyed our now 66 minutes um thank you again (laughs) thank you so much guys as i said i'm really humbled by the fact that you even uh tune in so i really appreciate that i'll see you next week ciao